fasting is the strategic abstinence from food for a specific period of time. Across the centuries and throughout the whole world, fasting continues to be practiced as a health haven to prevent and fight diseases. It's also great for a mind, body renewal and cleansing. If you ever thought about fasting, wondered about the benefits of fasting, what it can do for you, we're going to talk about all that and more. So stick around because this episode is for you. Welcome to the Easy Keto Podcast. Each week, join health strategist and keto coach Shyla Ann as she takes you on a journey to achieving wellness in your mind, body, and soul. In conversation with various experts, insider advice, and actionable tools are available at your fingertips so you can live an empowered life. And now, your host. Hello, hello. I hope you had an incredible Thanksgiving meal with your family because by the time this episode comes out, Thanksgiving would have already passed. This week, I decided to go on a liquid-only fast. So I thought, what better time to touch on fasting, to talk about it, and to walk you guys through my journey than right now. So to start this episode off right, I want to be very straightforward. Fasting is not starvation. Again, fasting is not starvation. They are two totally different things. Fasting allows you to strategically improve your health. Today is the first day that I decided to start my liquid-only fast. There are several different types of fasting, and because I am a little bit more advanced in my health journey, I'm perfectly comfortable and I'm suited for a liquid-only fast. Now, my liquid I'm sticking to is organic bone broth so that I can still get all the proteins, the vitamins, the minerals that organic bone broth provides. But I'm cutting out the carbs and I'm even cutting out my fats. In the morning, I'm also drinking a smaller-than-usual cup of coffee just because I do drink black coffee and coffee helps me to kind of get my day started how I like to. So when you drink black coffee, there's no carbs, there's no fats, there's not even proteins. I believe it's so minimal. It's only 50 calories in a cup of a large cup of coffee, but I'm only drinking a small cup of black coffee. So my fast date is starting or has started on November 23rd, 2020. So today, this is my first day of starting it because I wanted to walk you guys through and chronicle my three-day fast. I'm actually planning on fasting Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and on Thanksgiving on Thursday is the first time I plan to eat any real food, any real substance. Now, there is a way to transition yourself off of a fast and into real food, a healthy way. And I will talk about that a little bit later when we get there. So at the end of day three or on the morning of Thanksgiving. We'll see how that works. You may be wondering why we should fast, why fasting benefits people and how it benefits people. Now, the longer you fast, the more benefits you do see. But in general, benefits can include, so we're gonna start kind of outward here, since you're eating less, you're buying less, and you're saving money. So in that time frame that you're fasting, Or if you do one meal a day, intermittent fasting, overall, because you're consuming less food, of course, you would be buying less food. Now, this is beneficial in two huge ways. One, you save money. And two, you have extra money that you can spend on buying better quality foods. So that is a great win-win. Now, internally, you're burning fat even faster. When you fast, you're consuming fewer calories, 
and healthier foods, leading the way for increased metabolism and low insulin levels, stimulating lipolysis. <laughs> oh, there we go with those fancy science words again. A rapid breakdown of fats. Now, this is why you want to do this healthy. You're able to strengthen your immune system. Your cells are going to regenerate at a faster rate. So you're going to increase the upregulation of your cells, which helps to give you a stronger immune system so you don't have to worry about getting sick as often. It helps you to balance your hormones. So when you fast, as your cells are regenerating, it disposes of also damaged cells and free radicals. When you're disposing of those damaged cells and free radicals at a more efficient pace, it allows your hormones to balance out. So it creates a chemical and hormonal balance within the body, helping to reduce stress, bad skin, fatigue, depression, and so much more. As I touched on a bit earlier, fasting helps to improve insulin sensitivity. So it helps to stabilize blood sugar levels. Because remember, when you eat food, your blood sugars spike. It may be temporarily, but they still spike. So the higher carbs you eat, the higher your spike will be. But it goes across with any food you eat because your body is trying to pull energy from it. So when you fast, you're able to control your blood sugar levels and decrease high insulin levels overall. Now the cellular life cycle. So fasting stimulates the destruction of damaged cells. We touched on this a little bit earlier. These cells, these cells that are destroyed, are able to be destroyed without loss of function. Actually, once these cells are destroyed, the body is able to get rid of the waste, recycle useful energy, and create new healthy cells. The cellular life cycle is a natural part of the human body, but can be greatly restricted with unhealthy eating habits or an excess of food energy. An easy way to see if you have an excess of food energy is to kind of look at your own body and see if you have an excess of fat storage. Because what's going on with us internally presents itself outwardly. When unhealthy, sick, or damaged cells hang around in the body, they start to infect other cells and other body parts. And it turns into a whole domino effect that can lead to chronic sickness and disease. So it's incredibly important to keep our cells healthy. It starts with the smallest part of our bodies. It all works together to keep us healthy, to keep us functioning, to keep us running at an optimal pace. Another benefit of fasting is that it can help to cut cancer. So by slowing down the food intake, the body scales down its rate of cellular division. And what is cancer? So in general, cancer is the uncontrollable division of cells. The overdivision of cells creates the issue of high cell numbers, but low cell quality. Fasting leads to cellular removal or repair of salvageable cells, and it restricts uncontrollable cellular division that increases the growth of cancerous cells. So one thing that you greatly cut out when you fast and when you do keto in general is sugar. And it's proven that cancer loves sugar. It runs off of it. So by cutting out sugar and by allowing your cells to clean themselves out at a more efficient rate, you're greatly increasing your chance of cutting or slowing cancer. Fasting is also great because it helps you to develop discipline. Before I started on this health journey, I would eat just because. I would eat because I'm happy, because I'm bored, because I'm sad, because I'm mad, on top of because I'm hungry. <laughs> that also greatly impacted my medical journey with my kidneys and my teeth and all of that stuff. 
So fasting helps you to free yourself from the chains of constantly thinking about food and constantly eating food, which for me personally has helped me to develop discipline in other aspects of my life with working, with being a parent, all of that good stuff. Starting a fast is really easy. It is not a diet in itself. It's just a bonus added on to your diet where you alternate between periods of healthy eating and periods of food abstinence, allowing you to eat smart. And remember, you don't have to jump into fasting full force by cutting out and going to cold turkey with foods because you will not enjoy that experience. My advice is to ease yourself into it. Start with just eating healthy foods. All right, so tomorrow I'll come in and I'll go over three foundational steps that I believe are super important to fasting. Hello, we're going to go ahead and hop right in. Today is November 24th. This is day two of my fast. So this morning I drank a small cup of, I wasn't even craving coffee like I normally crave, but I decided to drink a small cup of black coffee and I didn't even drink that all. And around 10 o'clock, I started to get a little bit hungry, so I warmed up some bone broth and I sipped on that. On my windowsill, we grow some basil, so I threw in some fresh basil and a few other herbs as well. And that's it. I just sipped on that in my nice big tea mug and it was really good. It satisfied my hunger. I feel good. I feel very excited for this fast and what it's doing for my body. And I'm already noticing some changes, even though it's been one day. But you do notice a lot of changes in just one 24-hour period. Now that we've got how I'm feeling today on day two of my fast, I want to talk about the three foundational pillars that I found are super helpful to setting a strong fasting foundation. So let's go with step one, set the clock back. Now, I'm not talking about any sort of physical clock that you have to set back, but your internal clock. And if you did not know, yes, your body has an internal clock. Have you ever went to sleep and decided, okay, I'm going to sleep in the next morning. I don't have anything to do. I don't have appointments or work. And then, boom, you just wake up around the same time that you would normally wake up without any alarm or anything going off. Yeah, that is your internal clock. We all have one built into our bodies. So to build a strong fasting foundation, I want you to push back your meal times. Start very small, maybe one hour, maybe even 30 minutes. Just push them back in small increments. Your internal clock also works for hunger. So you ever know that it's 12 o'clock, that it's lunchtime without looking at a clock, your stomach just starts talking to you? That's another great example of your internal clock. So I want you to push that back. If it's easier to start at half an hour, start at half an hour and try to do that for a few weeks. You may start to notice that you get hungrier later and you can choose as you please to continue to push that time back. Before, I used to be a breakfast person. I used to eat breakfast around 6, 7 in the morning and now my first meal will be around noon if I'm really, really hungry. Sometimes I'm not really hungry until dinner time. If you normally eat breakfast at 8 a.m., push back your meal time to maybe 8.30, maybe 9, and see how your body adjusts. And try to go for another hour, another half hour after that. So, step two, portion control. The goal is to reduce the total amount of food you eat throughout the day when you fast. 
Besides pushing back your mealtime, you should also control portion sizes. If you eat a huge breakfast, then a large lunch, and later an equally big dinner, you'll never be able to reap the benefits of fasting. Estimating your portion sizes is as simple as looking at your hand. So this is very interesting. This is something that I remember learning in, was it home ec or food science class? Okay, we're going to start off with protein. Now look at the palm of your hand. Now this is a good indicator of how big your protein portions should be. And the thickness of your hand, the side, is a good indicator for how thick your portions should be. Give yourself a good estimate. This works great because people are built from smaller to larger and people have all different types of macro needs. You're definitely not going to eat the same as a man that weighs 200 pounds versus a woman who might weigh only 130 pounds. But your hand is an excellent portion size indicator because it grows and shrinks with you. Now, vegetables should equal one to two fists full. So put two fists in front of you and on your plate, it should be about that size of your fist. Start off with one if you're not a big vegetable eater and kind of slowly, gradually add another fist in there. Now fat should come in threes, three tablespoons of butter, oil, or bacon to get that nice balance. Remember, it's important to choose healthy fats, healthy cooking fats, healthy cooking oils. And if you want to know more about that, make sure you check out my episode on my top eight keto fats. Now, number four, if you're an intense exerciser, then I would suggest you double this amount. Now remember, these are close estimates to what your body needs. And by using your hands, by using your fist, you'll get a good portion for yourself. If you remember taking a home ec or a food science class in high school, and this is kind of jogging your memory here, let me know. I would love to hear your opinions on this. Now step three, the no food time. Set a time to stop eating or drinking anything. The only exception I would make here is water, filtered water. So pure water without any sort of flavorings. So no, you cannot use those concentrated flavor drops or any of those energy enhancers when it is time for your no food time. They do have additives in them that your body still needs to process. So when it's your no food time, which I would suggest to be at least three hours before your typical bedtime. You just want to drink water because you want to give your body the best opportunity to digest all the food, to clean itself out, to heal, and to get ready for your next day. This also prevents a buildup of excess fat storage, which I know we do not want. So remember, there's three foundational steps that I found to starting any sort of fasting. Step one, set the clock back, your internal clock. Step two, practice portion control. This is especially important when you first start because a lot of people go from just mindless eating to learning how much they should and shouldn't eat. And step three, give yourself a no food time. Remember, never rush and always listen. As you use these three foundational steps, you'll start to notice that your breakfast might merge with your lunch. And that goes from you eating three meals to two meals a day. But you're happy to do it because your body is not starving. It's eating strategically to benefit you the most. Now for me, when my breakfast merged with my lunch, 
slowly my lunch started merging with my dinner. So it became kind of a really simple transition for me. But the key is to instill those foundational steps. Don't go further than that until you get a hold of it. I know sometimes we like to get to the end goal, but if we get to the end and our foundation isn't right, it could really lead to the opposite effects that we're looking for. Set up that strong foundation and lead yourself to long-term success. I know you're excited to reach your goals. I'm excited for you to reach your goals. I remember when I started reaching my goals and it is just an incredible, incredible feeling. The dopamine in your brain is just like going and going and pumping and you're just like, yeah, I did it. I can do this. And for some people, it's the first time in their whole life they were ever able to do this. So I know it is very exciting. You will get there. But forcing your body to skip a healthy foundation and going straight for the win is not the best way to do it. And since you're not rushing to the finish line, you'll be able to listen to your body. As you start to become more in tune with your body, you'll hear when it tells you things. You'll start to decipher, okay, am I hungry because I'm feeling a certain emotion right now, excitement, anger, sadness? Or am I hungry? Am I going to eat because I'm actually hungry and my body needs to refuel? You'll be more in tune when your body starts to feel off, giving you a bigger chance to be preventative in any sort of illness or sickness. Now, sometimes early recognition is the key to a lot of diseases and becoming in tune with your body gives you that advantage. Start to recognize triggers and practice avoiding or handling them in a healthier way. You'll be able to recognize them as you listen and tune into your body. I do offer a keto journal. I custom created and designed these journals to help with recognizing and logging triggers so you can form better lifestyle choices, not only now, but more importantly, for your future, for your long-term success, for your long-term goals. Because we have to remember, once we put off the weight, once we get healthy, we have to keep it off. We have to keep us healthy. I think tomorrow would be a great day to touch on the types of fasting a little bit more. Tomorrow will also be my last day of my liquid-only fast. And I think it's going to be the most interesting for me because my personal tradition is I make all the desserts the night before Thanksgiving. Because on Thanksgiving, I just like to concentrate on, on the food itself, the main course, so that the kitchen is more cleared, everything is, you know, all the desserts are nice and cooled and, and ready to go. I'll see you guys in a little bit. Okay, so today is the third and last day of my bone broth fast. And as promised, today I'm going to touch on the types of fasting. Now there are two main types of fasting. They can be broken down into smaller segments as well. But let me just explain these two first. The first type of fasting is whole day fasting. Some people also call it alternative day fasting. Both of these terms pretty much mean the same thing. It's a fasting period that lasts an entire 24 hours. And then it's succeeded by a non-fasting period of at least 24 hours. Your fasting days don't necessarily have to be one after the other. For example, you could do three days of eating regular, one day of a 24-hour fast, and another day of eating regular, and one day of a 24-hour fast. It really depends on what works best for your schedule. 
So you might see some people say, oh, I follow a 6-1 fasting schedule. That means six days they're eating regular, one day they're fasting, or even a 5-2. Now the second type of fasting is called time-restrictive feeding. Time-restrictive feeding is when you practice fasting daily. So you might usually hear this called intermittent fasting. You have a set number of hours that you designate to eat. That's usually called your feasting window or your eating window, same thing. And then you have a set number of hours that you designate to not eat, so your fasting window. So I'm going to give you guys a few examples of some intermittent fasting schedules, the most common ones that people tend to follow. 16-8, where you do 16 hours of fasting and you have an 8-hour eating window. This all adds up to a 24-hour period, one day. And you're doing this every day if you choose to do time-restricted fasting or intermittent fasting. 12-12 is where you fast for 12 hours and you eat for 12 hours. 23-1 is where you fast for 23 hours and you eat in this one-hour period. Usually people call this one meal a day fasting where they just eat one main meal and that's it throughout their day. The rest is liquids. And remember, sleeping time is considered part of your fasting window. You should always include sleeping time and you should always stop your eating window at least three hours before you go to sleep so that your body can digest all your food and really focus on cleansing and renewing itself. Now, how you fast, the times you choose, your eating windows and your fasting windows are totally up to you and can work incredibly easy around your lifestyle. Right now, I would suggest if you are interested in fasting that you start with intermittent fasting because it still allows you to consume solid foods throughout the day and it's a nice way to ease you in, especially if you want to try whole day fasting. I know currently I'm doing a three-day fast. And I still consider that to fall under whole day fasting because I am fasting for segments of 24 hour periods. I'm just putting them one after the other. Fasting day intakes should max out at 600 calories. Now that's for the entire 24 hour period. I'm drinking bone broth and I drink it throughout the day. I've been putting a little bit of fresh herbs in there, some other seasonings, and even some MCT oil, butter, if you prefer extra virgin olive oil, they can all go in there. As long as it does not max out at, at over 600 calories, then you'll do just fine. Whew. Today is probably the most interesting fasting day I have had. I already started making some desserts. I have a pie cooling. I have Rice Krispies for my son cooling. And I still have to make a few more items. But when I usually cook or bake, I'm one of those people that like to taste everything. I like to taste a little bit and I like to adjust. But today, I am not tasting, so I cannot adjust. So I have to rely on my handwritten recipes that I've kept for years and years. And they've worked for me thus far, so I'm sure they'll work again. But is this interesting trying to break that habit because I don't even think about it? I just take a little sample and I'm like, oh no, I'm fasting and I have to spit it out. I'm being honest here because we all need some honesty. 
I made that mistake, but I did not swallow or eat anything, even though my kitchen and my whole house smells incredible. But that's another thing with fasting is when you start to train your body and discipline your body, those sugary sweets that right now you might not think you'll be ever able to give up, they don't trigger you the same way. You don't get the same cravings. You don't get the same like addictive habit of constantly eating or constantly drinking these things. My house smells so good right now. I have an incredible pie cooling and it doesn't make me crave it at all. I'm just happy to be able to smell it, if that makes sense. Like it just makes my house feel warm and cozy and so ready for Thanksgiving with my family tomorrow. So tomorrow, I'm going to touch on how to transition from fasting, especially a liquid-only fast like bone broth, to eating solid foods again. This is a very important part of the fasting experience as well. So until then, good morning! Happy Thanksgiving Day! I figured I might as well start shooting this first thing in the morning before I get just completely bombarded. So transitioning is very important. I normally like to start off with what's called a green smoothie. At least that's what we call it in my family. And my dad taught me how to do these. Um, he is very well adept to fasting. He's done multi-day fast for way longer than I have. So I am very, very grateful that he was able to guide me through this when I first started. When you want to get off of fast, as I said, you want to introduce your body to healthy foods. What does healthy foods mean? Well, stick with raw foods as much as possible so your body has an easy time to process it. This could mean that you're eating a nice salad with just greens and an olive oil vinaigrette. I do have an incredible recipe for a vinaigrette on the Easy Keto Menus website. I highly, highly suggest that you either make your own dressing if you go with a salad or you pick a company that does not have a lot of additives or sugar, especially sugar in it. You want to slowly transition your body back into solid foods. If you go too fast, you could overload your body, overload your system because your gut is cleaned out. So it will be more sensitive to the foods that you eat. What we do in my family, so I'm going to go back to the green smoothie, is to process it faster to get the vitamins and minerals faster. We blend up some vegetables and some low-carb fruits, and that's what we drink. We drink the green smoothie. So we get the same effect, just in a different way. So you choose what you want to do. Do you want to go with a smoothie? Do you want to go with a nice salad? And let that kind of sit in your body. Let your body absorb it. Don't eat anything else besides your salad. Don't drink anything else except for water. Give it a few hours, let it go through your body, and then when you're ready, when you feel like you've processed, when you're hungry again, then go ahead and start eating more solids. This can include meat, this can include fish, this can include any of your keto favorites. But eat it in smaller portions. And I'm telling you, you might think like, oh my gosh, how am I going to control myself and eat in smaller portions when I just got off of fasting? But the amazing thing is, when you don't eat for long periods of time solid foods, your body doesn't want huge portions. I've done this. First-hand experience. I've known other people who've done this. It's like your body is just happy with what you give it. And it is satisfied so much earlier. And it is fulfilled. And it gets all the good stuff it needs. So again, add a salad onto that meal. 
And if you do choose a smoothie, I would like to say that please, 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 if you do not enjoy making smoothies at home or if you're not familiar, but you still want to go with that option, please choose a smoothie shop that uses real ingredients in their smoothies. You'll be surprised how many smoothie shops actually don't use real ingredients and they use powders. And those powders are filled with added sugar, added preservatives, all these added things. And the point of fasting is to gain all these incredible benefits. And that's why transitioning is so important as well. You want to give your body the highest quality foods that it can handle. Now, personally, last night I decided to drink my first green smoothie in place of my bone broth. Now I kept this still under 600 calories for the entire day. So I'm absolutely fine. It's still a liquid and I was still fasting. Now today, probably around noon because I'm really not feeling hungry at this point, I am going to eat a salad with my homemade vinaigrette dressing. That way, by the time our Thanksgiving dinner comes around, my body will already have all this incredible stuff that has lined my stomach, my gut protected my body and that has given me awesome benefits so I can enjoy my Thanksgiving meal. On days that you choose to fast, make sure those are days where you won't be as physically active because when you're physically active, your body needs what? More calories. And because your maximum limit of calories is 600, it's not going to be enough. So weekends, maybe an off day, maybe a holiday, anything like that, that will allow you to enjoy your fast, get the benefits, and still be able to relax and do more simple activities. One more thing that I want to touch on that I feel is so important to fasting is testing your food sensitivities. I saved this to the end because it has a lot to do with the transition phase of going back to eating solid foods. As you transition back to solid foods, right now is a great, great time to test for any food sensitivities. Remember that journal I touched on earlier? Well, this is another excellent time to make use of it. This is the perfect time to test out any food concerns or questions that might be lingering in the back of your mind. For example, sometimes when people eat something with dairy in it, they might feel a little bloated or inflamed after. Right now, as you start to transition back into eating solid food, it's a great time to test that theory out because your gut is cleaned out at this moment and more sensitive. You don't need a lot of that food ingredient to test your sensitivity with. Just a little taste will do wonders for you. And I'm not talking about allergies. If you're concerned that you get an allergic reaction to something that's so severe as it causes, you know, your airways to close or extreme uh, rashing, then definitely go get an allergy test. I've done those before. They're super easy. I'm more so talking about home sensitivities. Like if you eat certain foods, does it give you diarrhea or do you notice that you break out more? Or does it just cause an irritation? Do you not like how it feels in your body? Certain foods can even slow down people's weight loss and positive health benefits. So test them out. If you've ever had any concerns you can think of right now at this moment, test those out. Keep a little journal to write them down. And moving forward, you could know what to either eliminate completely from your diet or only eat in moderation. If you feel like this strategic level of eating and 
taking your health to the next level is totally in your ballpark, totally what you want to do, then you might be ready to check out my four-week keto meal plan because I have some incredible guidebooks that I include where I coach you through things like fasting. You get everything when you purchase the Easy Keto Meal Plan along with the Keto Expert and you even get some incredible bonuses. So if you think this might be for you, if you think you're ready to not only see temporary diet benefits, but lifelong health results, then I'm going to link the Easy Keto Meal Plan in the description box and make sure you check it out. For my podcast listeners, I'll even offer some free 15-minute keto coaching where I help you answer some questions and give you one-on-one guidance. If you're interested in that, make sure you check out the Easy Keto Meal Plan right now. I hope you really enjoyed this walkthrough of how to fast, my three foundational pillars to fasting, and my journey throughout this fast. I really enjoy fasting. When done right, it does so much good for the body. I hope you guys had an awesome Thanksgiving and got to eat some incredible food. And you know what? After a huge meal like that, maybe going into a fast would be a great idea. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you've been loving the Easy Keto Podcast, be sure to leave a review. It really helps me to get the word out. To find out more about this episode, please visit easyketomenus.com or come say hi to me at Easy Keto Menus. I'm on all your favorite social platforms. Remember, when you move with pace and purpose, you'll be able to achieve your dream goals. Until next week, have an empowering day.